play the fight song. The crew from the Play the Fight Song podcast is back in action, ready to preview week nine. We are excited. We are pumped up to be here. I'm actually joined by some very special people here. Me, the Iowa fan, as you can see on screen, if you're watching later in the episode and our previews that we'll cut up later. Parks, a Nebraska fan. We have a college football enthusiast in Schaefer. He's wearing a Marshall shirt. He cheers for Iowa State. He loves all on, things Schaefer. college football. And then, I just I, loves the sport. I don't, he just loves yeah, it. just loves the sport. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's wears the NCAA hat. He doesn't wear single. Goats oh no 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 no! I don't no, know how to no. even like. I don't wear the NCAA hat. I do not support that group. No sir. Maybe I like a college football <laughs> playoff hat or something. Or, but do not okay. wear the NCAA. It could be a great hat. Okay. I I just I don't know how to get to this point without you know choking up and get through the sentence with like how like cool this is to be in the presence of a 2017 district eight second team all district wide receiver <laughs> Reese, dude i mean yeah i mean it's an we're honor. talking about an honor, talking about an honor. That. there's a huddle there's a huddle clip out there it, it it would take a while for you to find it but uh it's on there it's about it tyree 36, kill tyree about 36 kill. Sec- 36 seconds long six catches Arrest him. Arrest him. I didn't even see that. Hey. No. I just coach the coaches on the other team just knew I had something. Only went out one year, but they're like, that kid, he's got something. Drake stoops. Somebody in here was a somebody in here was a first teamer, but that's only because I uh, I was good enough to allow him to be a first teamer. They were doubling me, they left him open. Don't you were the cover, yeah. You were the cover guy. I gotcha. No, you're talking about JP. JP's uh JP was first team all state, all American. He was Drew Brees before Drew Brees. That's like, just not true. Guy was all. That's over just the field. not true. JP it's ran the option, true. broke both, <laughs> broke both collarbones. It's a fact. Don't break your collarbone, kids. It is not fun. You have to sleep in a recliner for like five weeks. It's not fun. Ooh. Do not enjoy it. Ooh. Let's go into. I think our first part of this within the intro, Parks. I feel like you had something that we talked about last week. We're going to implement it a little bit this week. Let's go to you. And you can kind of explain what's going on. And I think a question that we had. Yeah, I just had a quick question. If you haven't seen them, our fan segments are out. Our fan perspectives go out there. They're on our YouTube streaming live right now. We already got a couple of previews, a couple of recaps out there for each of our teams, Iowa State, Iowa, Nebraska. They're good. They're very good. And I wanted to watch JP's for this past week for many reasons. How many questions arose from the Iowa-Minnesota game? Was it a fair catch? Was it not a fair catch? But there's been one thing that I've been waiting to ask an Iowa fan. And I'm just curious because maybe it's in straight no, and and but I think it could be a good debate. If Cooper DeGene were to have gotten blasted after he fielded the ball, fumbled it, and Minnesota recovered, would you guys as a fan base not have argued that that was a fair catch? No. You don't think so? You don't think that there would have been fans that are out there like, how is that a fair catch? Ever, that if that would have Somebody would have. But- Somebody would have, but they wouldn't have been smart people. Like at no point watching that live did I think that was a fair catch. I thought he was pointing out at people to like, and then he's like, "Get away from the damn football!" Like we've seen every weekend for the last millennium, right? I don't think it was. Somebody would have one hundred percent. Somebody would have. They would have been idiots, but somebody would have. Fair enough. I was just curious as to whether or not you thought that that could. I don't been. think it was a fair catch, but like again, I got into that in my recap. I thought it was baloney that we were dealing with it. Like I think if we they would have just blown it dead, people were that hung up right. on that. Yeah, 
I don't. I just don't yeah. get how you and, go to the. And they would have had but, good field position, and I, I don't know. It's a whole thing. I almost stopped listening to like certain Iowa things, read things for like a couple days, just so we could get past that. Because I was just like, it doesn't change anything. Like whether people thought it was a bad call or whatnot, it doesn't change a thing. So I just wanted to get by it. But yes, people definitely would have been like, he called for a catch. You know? Well, he didn't. But if it had gone against us, they probably would. But I don't, again, I don't think he did. The, the rule's confusing. I think it's stupid. You can go back and say that. It's blasphemy. If you don't think, like, in live, as a ref standing right next to it, if you don't think that's a fair catch or um, what they call it, a indecisive single signal or something like that, fucking horseshit rule is what it is. But... How many times is that ever going to come up again? I don't know. Jake's laughing about something. I'm curious. I, I was just going to say that I, you know, as an Iowa State fan of my bye week, I, I enjoyed it and thought it was rather humorous. And then I remember PJ Fleck won a football game. And then I was like, oh, that's not as fun anymore. I forgot how much of a <laughs> douchebag that guy is. <laughs> so he I was is. torn. I, I was like, I enjoyed watching the Hawks lose. But then I was like, oh, but he had to win. Oh, that sucks. Good. Because you would have thought that like he went into Kinnick and they put up 500 yards. Humbled and us. They, like they deserved a win. They won 90. They went on a 90 yard drive to win the football game. And it was the most emotional thing of all time. <laughs> and he's crying after. Yeah. After that punt call sealed the game, basically. And they played the worst quarterback of all time. And yeah, yeah. That like that. They just beat the, nine, the 85 Bears or something. Yeah. Like, man, this is going to be a trivia uh, question like 10 years from now for like who was the last Minnesota quarterback to beat Iowa in Kinnick? It's going to be somebody's going to remember Kilnick Manis some year 10 years from now. <laughs> That's true. That, it's a great point, Reese. Hey, let's get into some recent news within the college football world. Uh, a couple quick things on the injury front and then some news out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Dan Enos out as Arkansas's offensive coordinator. I'm sure if you're paying attention to the college college football uh, universe, you saw this uh, over the weekend immediately after a 7-3 loss to Mississippi State. Uh, Arkansas is in a weird spot. Uh, I think it's interesting to kind of go through how fast that changed for this fan base, right? Like if you look at last year, they were really excited to get into that 2022 season. They lost a couple games. Maybe they shouldn't. I'm looking at that A&M game uh, and some other spots, and it really felt like Pittman was on the up and up there. And they – I don't know what's going on there, but it feels like they – Either there's team chemistry's gone or talent just didn't come in and actually start and act like talent. But it's a weird situation. But anyway, they move away from Enos as offense coordinator. Kenny Guyton will take over the play calling duties throughout the year. Interesting. I think we've noted this once, Schaefer, that Pittman has a losing record. His buyout drops, correct? Yep. Five, so it's five million dollars if he ends up. Uh, at the end of the year with a losing record overall from whenever it was it 2019 that he took over 2020 uh yeah somewhere until now there. i can't remember exactly a, his first year if he has a losing record it'll drop five million dollars so yeah uh, so i think an sec team will to. take sec team will take any coupon they can get on a firing so oh 100 <laughs> i think anybody anywhere across the country would with some of the buyouts that coaches are getting on contracts now it's insane uh Another thing within the recent news, Quinn Ewers will be week to week uh, with some shoulder issues. He went out of the Houston game, and Texas was 
not themselves most of the game. They weren't very good on defense, but I think Ewers will be fine in the long run from what I've heard. He should be able to return. It's just a week-to-week basis on when he will return. I think they're going to be very cautious with him. Cam Rising, not going to play this year. This has finally come out. Kyle Whittingham finally came out and said Cam's not playing. I think he had a suspicion the entire year, the way they kept that under wraps. I think as the weeks went, we kind of got more and more of the idea. But early in the year, I think we were all on the same page. We're like, week three or four, right? No. Week nine officially said he is not playing the rest of the year. That's it for the recent news in college football. I don't know if you guys have anything you wanted to add to that piece of it or. um, Nope. Perfect. Let's go into our new segment. We have a kind of an interesting slate. It's not as loaded for the weekend, so we wanted to add something new in. Uh, Schaefer, Reese, and Parks, and I kind of went into maybe some options for what we'll do. We didn't want to do midseason awards yet. We kind of want to do that at a later um, time. We're going to do a debate. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have a debate topic. Here's our debate question here. Schaefer, me and you are going to be uh, going back and forth. We are going to be the judges. All right? Sure. We're going to choose a winner of this thing. More likely to get two teams into the college football playoff. Is it the SEC or is it the Pac-12? Now, I think they can go off assumptions. Who is who? They wanted to kind of keep it neutral, but I think we got the assumptions. Parks took the Pac-12. He decided he wants to defend the Pac-12. Reese decided he wants to defend the SEC. Who gets more teams in the, or who has more of a chance to get two teams in the college football playoff? The SEC or the Pac-12? Opening arguments. We're going to start. You want to start with Reese? Let's start with Reese. He, I feel like he's first got the SEC. Yeah. Reese, your opening arguments. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, I had to pick this, this side. You know, it is tough that I did not pick an SEC team to win the title this year. I'm still going to defend them um, because, I mean, if we're being honest, it's the same committee that votes on these teams, and they always value the SEC like they are all things glory, and they are better than everybody else. Um, and I'm thinking about it, too. I mean – Good chance at the end of the thing, you're going to have an undefeated Georgia team or a Georgia that'll have one loss that'll be in the SEC championship. Or you're going to have an Alabama team that'll have its only loss to a potential Big 12 champion. I think Texas can still win the Big 12. Um, that is a that is a home loss, but still, it's a loss to a, uh, a championship caliber team. And then they're going to defeat Georgia, so that's a very big win on a neutral field. That's a win that should get them in, and that's – and if Georgia has the one loss and their only loss is to Alabama, I don't know how you make the argument that they don't stay in. I don't know how you um, – or that they don't stay in, and I don't know how you make the argument that Alabama doesn't get in. Versus if you go to the other side, the Pac-12, it's going to kill itself. Wait, 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 wait. I think well, – Let, like, let, like, let, let, the other side. let Parks go. Yeah, he'll, you, I, he's going to say I, something I, you can I, rebuttal. Wait, wait, wait. Because I, I know where you're wait. going. I want Parks to defend the Pac-12. What? Okay, go ahead. Well, do, can I do All one right. more thing? <laughs> yeah, one more. We'll give you one more. A a one loss. They the committee will value a one loss Alabama or Georgia team over a one loss Oregon or Washington team. Guaranteed. Okay. Parks. Debatable that last point. I'm thinking I think the the Pac twelve is better across the board. I think that they all have more impressive wins on their schedule, whether or not the teams will be ranked at the end of the year, but the times that they played. So Oregon when they play Wazoo. Utah when they played Wazoo and they're ranked 13th or UCLA. And then all of a sudden now UCLA has a ranked win and then they get then a top team in the Pac-12 beats UCLA. Like these are just matching up perfectly to where they can then 
value the win at the time more because that's what normally happens to the Pac-12 is what happened this weekend is they get down the stretch, they have these teams that are in the mix, and then all of a sudden Utah beats USC, and now USC's out just like last year. Their schedules are perfectly aligned this year, and I tried to put my head in the mindset of the NCAA. What's going to make me the most revenue? How about the conference, the disbanding that can't is going to spread across the country and creative games playing in the end of the year. So now they have the headlines leading into the next year that playoff Oregon or playoff Washington or both, which is what I think could happen, are going to then be in the Big Ten playing against playoff Michigan. And I mean, these storylines for the NCAA, that's chuching money in the pocket. And that's why I think that they have a better chance this year than any other year they've had. Reese, quick rebuttal to that, and then me and Schaefer are going to ask questions and kind of keep this rolling. Another thing I would have to you add to that, any of those I, points? I, I, I mentioned, okay, the other thing I would say for that too is Oregon and Washington, I think there's still a good shot. If either conference has a team, obviously they're not going to make it in. I think the Pac-12 has a better shot of having a two-loss team at the end of the year versus the SEC. I don't think Georgia's losing two games, and I think the only other game the rest of the year that Alabama would lose would be the SEC championship game. Um, and then that's when it's tough that obviously you can't get the two SEC teams in there. But if I still think if there's going to be a one-loss team, they're going to value that loss in the SEC more than they are in a, in a Pac-12, especially if it's a regular season game. But if Georgia's one loss is in the um, championship game, then it's a different thing. But also, it's Nick Saban and Kirby Smart over Dan Lanning and Kalen DeBoer, too. That's the thing I'm thinking about as well, where Dan Lanning has brought the pedigree of that team up, but in the big moments, that team has not shown up. And Washington has played well, but they haven't had a big moment in a game like that where they, in that, um, like, in a playoff or whatever you want to call it, like, like in that moment where that they have proven that that is who they are. Like, I think it's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, over a Dan Lanning and a Kalen DeBoer as well. Shaver, do you got any questions for him, or do you want me to ask? Yeah, no, I do. Um, And I didn't expect them to mention this, but I think it's an interesting factor for you guys. From the conversation you're both saying, you're referring that Alabama will probably win the West, Reese, play Georgia. Mm -hmm. Parks, you're assuming that Georgia and Washington, or Oregon and Washington will play each other again. This is interesting because it's two opposite scenarios. What will the playoff committee value more? Will they value a if say Georgia loses and Oregon beats Washington? So all four of those teams end up with one loss going into the college football playoff. What does the playoff committee value more? Do they value a rematch or do they value a uh, a divisional title? So we we know that we are guaranteed West versus East from the SEC, but the Pac-12 is it an advantage or is it a disadvantage that they will have a rematch? in that conference championships. Does that make sense? Like, what do you it think does. the playoff yeah. would value more? Yeah. If all they say the scenario of Georgia losing to Alabama, say Washington uh, loses to Oregon. Now all teams have one loss, which uh, what do you think the playoff committee would value more trying to get in two of those teams over the other? I think it's just revenue. I don't think it was anything you mentioned. I think it's just they're going to try to make the most bang for their buck, and the SEC's oh, bottom half okay. is worse okay. than the Pac-12s. I so mean, what Arizona's do you, so, back up. Colorado gets beat by Stanford. Colorado's all the rave. How much media, how much comes Colorado. money has Colorado? So what, I know I guess how much kind of... money has Colorado made the NCAA this year. It's crazy, right? 
Like they so, take that, that matters to them. So, okay. If you're building off of that as your argument, what does Oregon and Washington specifically do to maximize the revenue? If that's your art, <laughs> like that's a fair argument. I don't No, I don't I'm just allowed to reason raise his hand. What do they, <laughs> what do they value? What TV revenue do you think they value more than an SEC team? To being the first Pac-12 team in the college football playoff in X amount of years, being the, the last year of the conference. 2015? They just yeah, – Tricky question they, there. Washington, right? Yep. Washington 2016. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes, right? Derek Oregon was hopped off against Jake Locker. 2015 was Oregon, right? Yeah. But Mark's I just think yeah, looking at the, like, the game – I would say it's fair to say that Oregon and Washington was the best college football game we've seen all year. No, yeah. I think you're up there. I wouldn't I argue with you too much. My argument with that is now that there's a lot of pressure going into that, that rematch. So now that we've seen it twice, I think that's a vulnerable spot for the playoff committee to judge. Uh, assuming maybe Oregon wins by double digits or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, Reese, go ahead. Say it's like, that when Gage asks at the beginning of the year, do you think they're going to value losses at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year? And I think That's it's, it's human nature where if Oregon goes and beats Washington in that chance for that in Las Vegas, I think they're going to mm-hmm. value that win there a hell of a lot more. They're going to value that Washington win at home early in the year by a, by a field goal that you want at the end. Like here, also, I think you're, win, for it. you're more referring to people being in the mind of, they just saw Washington lose yes, where yes, it was three yes. months ago. We lost, saw Alabama. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, but that, by that logic for this to be like, going back to your question, Schaefer, you're talking about if Alabama wins and Oregon wins, correct? So we're having, they all have one loss yep. by that logic. Georgia would have lost too. How does They'll Reese and his SEC, SEC get to it the if they just saw Georgia lose? Because I'll, cause I'll guess, hang on, Washington wouldn't have a loss then too either. Ooh, good point. Yeah. I was thinking, well, <laughs> Washington have a loss yeah. there. I don't know, but it's okay. also, but it's, so, but final, I, my, final my, my rebuttal to that would be Georgia's, on, Georgia's a two-time. That, that was my rebuttal would be. Okay. No, I think that's fair. Last question here prior to me and Jake making our decision here. What is more likely to happen? Bias aside, Alabama going unbeaten the rest of the year and then winning an SEC title over an undefeated Georgia or Oregon winning out and then beating Washington in the Pac-12 title? What's more likely to happen? This year, Oregon winning out and beating Washington in the rematch. I think that team is more stacked than they've ever been on both sides of the ball, and I don't see enough from Alabama's offense continuously throughout the weeks to say that it's them. Reese, I mean, I your would, opinion. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I would also lean Oregon. I haven't seen the rest of their schedule, but I also think Alabama now is fully aware of what they have with Jalen Milrow. And I think Tommy Reese and company are going to figure out more of what they're going to be able, more about their identity. And they're going to dive into that versus the beginning of the year. We didn't know what the really hell they were going to be. That Texas game didn't really know what the hell they're going to do with them quite yet. I think it's because also, and it is the it is the SEC, and they're going to value that conference as being a little bit more. But I think it's more likely because I think Oregon has the rest of it laid out for them. Because I, I think they have their, I think they have USC at home, don't they? Correct. They're they Oregon. Their, yeah, Oregon. They have their bigger games at home the rest of the way too, which I think helps out of helps out a ton. So. Yep, they're playing at Utah this weekend. They play the Civil War at home, and then I think they have USC at home as well. Yeah. But, 
this one was tough for me. Even when I was writing it out and like trying to figure out who was going to be on what side and you guys were picking sides, I was kind of like, I landed on that question that I asked you guys last. What's more likely to happen, right? Because there it would is be, a, there, it's we're, one way guys, or the highway. I'm not trying to change the subject, but we're also, we didn't include the Big Ten in this, who can also easily yeah. get two teams. Yeah. In. So, but sorry, Jordan, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, no, I was just saying, I that's the question I asked myself. And so I wanted to pose that to you guys and be like, hey, like, what's more likely? What's the more likely it, scenario? It would be a lot more fun what? seeing new faces, but I just think it's the committee, man. And they've, the SEC has been king for the last how many years? And I just think they're going to value mm-hmm. those guys. And that's fair. I think you could win this argument literally based on that one point is it's the yeah. same committee. Like they're going to vote how they're going to, how they've been voting. I would side. I'm siding with Reese in the SEC for two reasons. Oh, number one, number one. <laughs> okay, I think tie anyway. it's not a huge. I don't care what Mark huge, may say. <laughs> It's a huge argument, but the SEC pulls a lot of weight. Uh, And I would argue, Cam, to your point, I think the SEC, people don't want to complain about seeing the same teams, but you know they're going to watch Alabama in the college football playoff, and it's going to be new numbers. And numbers always break every single year. Um, Reese made a good point. I think Georgia pulls a lot of weight uh, being the back-to-back national title uh, winner. So if they lose close, I think the committee's just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can do it again. No uh, and, then, and then the last point, I, I and this is why I talked about divisions versus taking the top two teams in and what's what's more important. While I think it's more fun in the Pac-12, there's a lot of pressure to make that game super competitive if Oregon and Washington were to play again and needing, if the Pac-12 needs both of them to get in, they need a dogfight and like basically that to happen again, except Oregon comes out on the other side and wins by three or wins by seven. And I just don't see that being likely. I just, that was such a great game. I'd love to happen again. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but that's just such a hard thing to repeat. And I think Oregon in a neutral field, we're not getting to buy a side. I think Oregon would win that game by double digits, but that's not in my argument. Jordan. I'm going to side with the pack 12 here. Say, it's going to be a fucking tie. There's four of us. Why I say <laughs> that to the people. Yelling car who won it. It's coming down. Might to have to. Hey, hey. Sounds Tweet like at us. Who won it? Yeah. Make a poll. No, we got to put a make a poll on Twitter. So we'll, this is going to we'll be put it on a graphic. On YouTube. And the, yeah. Or yeah, we could do a graph or a graphic or a clip of it and we'll throw it out there and put a vote uh, under it. I, I just think the Pac-12 because I think in like your point, Reese and Schaefer, you're both kind of talking at the same point. It is the same playoff committee. Uh, they mostly have shown that bias, but I'm going to put my faith in humanity that these people have been watching more than three football games a weekend and understand like the rest of the analysts do that. There isn't that strong of a top of the sec. It is a lot of faith Reese. I agree. <laughs> say, of faith. Doesn't optimism get you killed or something like that. Do they say yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hopeful. Give me a t-shirt says hopeful. Hopeful. You watched football this year on the committee. I, I think Oregon, I put a ticket down on Oregon to win a national title. I put a ticket in on Washington to win a national title. Um, I think those two teams, Oregon getting USC at home, they get Oregon State at home. This weekend's their big one. They got to go on the road uh, to Utah. And then you look at Washington, they're going to get Wazoo. And I had checked the rest of that schedule. But I think it's doable. And I think Washington's going to get to a point where they've scared themselves enough last week. Uh, per se, Oregon State's been battling everybody. They get at Stanford, and they got to go to at 
USC and at Oregon State. Here's my thing. I don't think USC can beat either one of these teams. So Utah is your one scare because Utah will play on both. But that's where I'm at. I think they're just quality of teams better, and I'm putting faith in the committee in this situation. Is that one the wrong question? Move? Probably. One more question for, for the entire table. Say this is just the craziest scenario of all time. Oregon wins. Um, Georgia loses so that everybody's got four uh, one loss. Then Michigan takes care of business. They're undefeated. They get in. But Ohio State is left with one loss. You don't see them play in a conference title. Say they battle it out again. It's it's decently close. They look like they could be a contender as well. Out of those five teams, you have to pick two to get in. So you have Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State. You have to pick two Georgia teams. Georgia and Michigan to are going to get in for sure. I no Michigan's out, so Michigan's already in. Oh, Michigan's out. Oh, because they because they went undefeated, assuming they're going to beat Iowa. And Alabama's 40. in because they won the SEC title, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Let's put Alabama. Where's Texas in. in this? Oklahoma. Where's Texas? Just give us chaos. Where's Oklahoma? Just put two <laughs> two one loss like, teams in the Pac-12, two one loss teams in the like, SEC, two one loss teams in the Big Ten, and a one loss Texas champion. I was anti-expansion for a long time, and I still kind of am in some aspects. But because we've never had a year like this where it's even, we've had to deal with uh, two or three teams or two teams at certain points throughout the year. We're like, those are the two teams that can win a national title. This year, it feels like there's seven or eight. Now it's like, well, shit, do I want to wait till next year for the expansion or I want it this year? But at the same time, I could see next year being no different than 20 and 21 and 22, where the same two teams are there at the end of the story, just pounded people you know what i mean what what if what if notre dame wins out i feel like you got to give it to ohio state then no but they have the more i was gonna say which i should rephrase my question whose resume pulls more weight ohio state or let's say wash if their one loss was to michigan yep who pulls more weight ohio state or washington or georgia referring that if it ain't georgia it's gotta gotta be ohio state no georgia's it can't be georgia holds this Georgia, it's a newborn baby's weight, dude. It's like eight pounds to compared to a full-grown human in Ohio State. No, Georgia's schedule is yeah. that dicks them. I agree, deservingly. But then, I agree. If Ohio, Ohio State, State gets beat by cool. twenty, if they get beat by twenty by Michigan, they're out. You're you're counting them out. 20, maybe it's a twenty oh, twenty-eight point demolish like that. Have that? Yeah. Have they, they signed field goal? Yeah, have a are, have who's they made to a decision that? on the signs? I'm not. <laughs> Okay. No, so they haven't made it. Way easier to beat by a lot when you know it's coming, man. Hey, that <laughs> wasn't a problem last week. Now I know Michigan State's not great, but it was not a problem last week. I, it's not uh, out of the question that Ohio State's going to get their doors blown off. I mean, we, no, we've watched not, Michigan, but, right? But we're we're going. Hey, we're going down a. We could debate this for another we hour. We better, we yeah, better just, we cut it off. Game, we, we might do an only episode on the game this year because I. Everybody's I like that. one more I think question. It's out of the question. I think cut it's Ohio it State defenses. That's fine, and we can talk about that <laughs> later. But I'm saying there, Cam. You're saying there's zero scenario. <laughs> I Michigan will, uh, or Ohio State won't get killed. Like there's zero scenario. It's going to be close, or Ohio State's going to win. Like there's not a single scenario in your mind that Michigan's good enough to. Yeah, if you that. run a model simulation ten thousand times, somewhere in there they will. Yeah, I mean, you play sure. the game I'll ten you... times. You play the game ten times. You don't think Michigan can win by twenty one of those times? No, I can't say that. I, I I'll say sure it can happen, but it's much less likely than I think well, people for... would assume. Damn it, well, Schaefer! Quit getting fired up. We're trying to get North into Carolina game. this past week, so I think anything's possible. 
Think of how good <laughs> Notre Dame's offense was when they ran in Best, there. And they just they... got demolished last week. Hey, we have to go to the games. We have to go to okay, the games. Yeah, we got to get pause. Let's roll it up. 30, 30 minutes here. Come on, roll it up. They hey, got to roll it perfect. up. Perfect. Let's they go get, straight get into our first preview. Oregon will travel to Utah to Rice Eccles. Utah plus six and a half. Both teams with one loss in the Pac-12. Utah now without Cam Rising, as we stated uh, completely, that he will not play this year. This is an interesting game for a multitude of reasons. The Pac-12 has run through Utah the last couple of years. It's a tough place to play. This is the second real, or third, I'd say, really tough road game for the Ducks this season. They're one and one in those. Schaefer, you have Utah. Reese, you have Oregon. This is 2.30 on Fox. Why should we turn the TV on? Let's start with Let's start with the away team. Let's start with the away team here. Break that down for us. All right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the year, hardest place to play in college football. You're going into Rice Eccles, man. The lights go out there. Weird stuff happens. Um, but this game, I it's going to be one in the trenches. If you're looking at um, just at the stats, Oregon's averaging 225 yards on the ground, and that Utah defense only gives up 78 a game. So who's going to dominate there? Who's going to establish um, what they want to do? So they got to get Bucky Irving going, and they can't let – uh, that Utah defense dictate what they want to do. Um, Bo's going to have to be the guy. He, he's not going to shy away from that. If you saw the stat, he's played in 56 games, which is ridiculous, but good for that guy. He's living out his, his college life. Uh, so far this year, he's got 2,100 yards, 19 touchdowns, um, no interceptions, I should add, by the way. That's pretty good for your uh, your starting quarterback if you want to try to go into Rice-Eccles and win. Um, and if – the Utah defense is solid and they're not giving up the run. This Utah or the this Oregon offense is very balanced. They've also have they have 21 touchdowns in the air and 21 through the ground. So they can go to whatever they want. Um, not too worried about that. If if one isn't going, they can get the other one going just fine. Um, and then defensively for Oregon, I really don't think the Utah offense has much firepower. I mean, they're not facing Odunze and Penix. I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot going on there. Barnes has been satisfactory. Um, he's been fine. I mean, he just threw three touchdowns against USC, but that's a pretty – that's not a very good defense. Only completed 14 passes. He threw 23 of them. So I just don't think they have enough firepower to really give Oregon uh, troubles. I think what they're just going to try to do is keep out of Nix's hands. They're just going to ground and pound and see if they can establish um, dominance up the line and just eat the clock. If Barnes turns the ball over um, or if they decide to fumble the ball away, I think it's an easy Oregon win. But if they can take care of the ball and keep out of Nix's hands, then I think they have, a, they have an outside shot at taking care of it. But um, what else? I got one more thing on – new more thing down here. Oh, uh, Utah, when they played <laughs> stout defenses, Oregon State and UCLA, two solid defenses, they only have one touchdown in each of those games. So – they haven't Perfect. really been able to put okay. up a bunch of points against good defenses. So, I like that one, Reese. Schaefer, defend the Utes. Well, there's a couple of ways to defend this team. Number one, it's a Kyle Whittingham coach team, and it's Utah at home. So I, I don't care if yeah. the Chiefs go and play at Rice-Eccles. They might find <laughs> a way into some trouble down there if they, if they really want to. Um, but in, in all seriousness, on the offensive side of the ball, I think – Naming Bryson Barnes, uh, I feel like he can officially say he is QB1 moving forward. Um, they just were really in some struggles, man, with Johnson and him and his Cam Rising coming back. And it was just kind of this whole circus. I think they can finally name Barnes the guy um, and move forward with the rest of the year because there's still a lot to play for. But how is Barnes successful? How does he throw for three touchdowns like he does last week? Jaquindon Jackson is a major piece in this offense. That offensive line and moving the football is huge. 
for Barnes. If they can run the football like they did last week, he had 120 yards on the ground. That's when Barnes gets comfortable. That's how you give this kid a chance at home against a really good Oregon defense. Uh, this is going to be the biggest test for the Utah defense. Reese named it. What do they got? 21 touchdowns through the air, 21 touchdowns through the ground. Like my question for this Utah defense is, and it's, it's a great one. What do they specifically try to shut down first? I think it's Bo Nix. I think it's the air attack. I think you guys, I think they try to shut them down. Utah ranks 21st in defensive pass efficiency. It's something they're really good at. And it's Bo Nix on the road at a top 25 environment. I think that's where you force them to beat you. Uh, Bucky Irvin, let him get his 20 yards, let him do what he, or his 200 yards. You know, honestly, I can still see him getting 200 yards and Utah mucking this up and maybe getting a turnover too. And, and they win this football game 21 to, to 17 or something like that. So that's how it's going to, I think it's going to happen. The safeties in the back end are really going to have to step up for Utah. It's the best part of their defense. Um, but when they play it at that stadium, I'm just, I can't go against them. I, I don't different, man. It's um, different. No, I think, I think you speak for a lot of people and I think that's where the line sits for that reason, right? Like if you're doing the math here, it's probably three or four points worth playing there, right? So it's probably a 10 point line on a neutral field. And I wouldn't think that's that crazy. No, I think it'd be bigger. I mean, you saw what happened in Corvallis. Yeah, I mean, you saw it happening like Corvallis. I thought I Oregon could do worse. If this was an awesome on a neutral site. I think in I think in Eugene it might be thirteen. Yep, ish. Which I think two scores, maybe thirteen or fourteen. That number is irrelevant, oh. kind of in that situation. But I I agree with both sides. I think you both have good points because you're dealing with Oregon, like I said, in a third really tough road game. You're getting Utah with a stout defense that knows how to play to their strengths and not beat themselves. Bo Nix hasn't beat himself this year, but Bo Nix on the road has been different, but not this year. Like this feels like a different Bo Nix. This feels like a different Oregon team. This feels like a different Utah team for good reasons and bad reasons. Like this isn't the high flying Utah offense we've seen, but it's still that stud defensive front, well coached, not going to beat themselves football club parks. Let's go to you first. Who do you got in this game? We're going to make a graphic later in the week and it's contentious on that graphic right now. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm not giving you my pick. I got to save it for oh. later, but oh, I like Oregon. Nice. Uh, I, I like Oregon in this matchup. I I don't think I think Reese hit the nail on the head of kind of what my preference and perspective on it was was I just haven't seen enough success from from Utah's offense against a quality defense, a sustainable or serviceable defense, not a great defense because Oregon's got a great defense. So you're asking a lot from a young freshman quarterback who's shown some good sparks the last couple of weeks, um, but I'll save my pick for later. Perfect. I'll go. I'll take Oregon here for the same reasons. I hate it. This is yeah. forever the yeah. spot in college football where you take the home dog. But I like the really good defense. I think Bo Nix is better. That's who I'm going to take. Reese, down to you. Yeah, it's really hard to pick against them, but I got to go with Oregon. Like, I just don't think that offense has a whole lot. Rice Eccles is, is a very, very hard place to play. And yep. if you Utah is only going to cover country, if they yeah. make exactly. Utah is only going to cover if they make it ugly, and it's like twenty-one to sixteen or some weird score like that. That's where they're going to cover. But like, I just, I give me, give me ducks. Schaefer, finish it up. Man. Wanna, I'm pulling, Schaefer, no. run so we can walk. I mean, walk so we can run. Come on, give it to me, baby. I'm pulling. It paid I'm off for Reese. Reese. I'm pulling a Reese. I gotta. I got guys. I gotta save my pick. 
Oh, okay. Perfect. Oh, I gotta oh save okay. My yeah, right. circle back right. around. Two veterans oh, over here. <laughs> All right, moving down the line next game. Perfect. Let's go into the next one. Let's jump to the SEC this time around. We have the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. What do we think of this one? It's a 14 and a half point line to the dogs. CBS 230. Let's start with you, Parks. Is this Parks? I didn't even check. It's you and Jake. But you, Jake. Uh, Sorry. And you're not going to throw it in there. <laughs> go no ahead. Deal. Jake, you go ahead, man. It. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't write this one down. I didn't see who had it with me. I'll hash over the back to back national champions quick. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen this team. I think they were they had the bye last week since the Brock Bowers injury. So question number one is is who steps up? Who's your number one guy? Lad McConkey and Dominic Levette, like th- these are two guys that are first team all SEC caliber. Now they've haven't had the season that their expectations were going into the season. Uh, but I think they kind of have that sort of talent to step up in this spot with Bowers possibly out for the year. Uh, I look at Ra Ra Thomas as another guy. Uh, I think this receiving core for for Georgia is a is a is pretty good, and I think they have a chance on Saturday to really take advantage of Florida and springboard themselves into this national ch- title contention. Um, but I have a question on Florida's like, what's the game plan going into the game? I think that with Edwards, they Georgia could run the ball for 150 yards and win the game and kind of put you in a stranglehold, or they could let Carson Beck loose and throw for 350 yards I think he's definitely good enough to do that he looks like a top five SEC quarterback to me so Florida what are you trying to eliminate for Georgia here my I would say maybe make the young guy try to beat you make him prove it but we'll see otherwise and Georgia ranks 10th in rush defense they only give up about 91 yards per game we talk about Montrell Johnson we talk about ETN that's their bread and butter like what are you just going to expect Mertz to throw 35 times and even try to compete in this game? I don't see it. So the strengths for Florida do not match up well with Georgia here. I think Georgia's in a good spot in this big rivalry game in Jacksonville to really get themselves back on the map with their best player out. I hear what you're saying there. Um, I have the Gators in this situation, and I chose to take the Gators for a couple of reasons. I thought they're getting better and better as the season goes, and it's kind of their well. Can you prove that maybe playing at Kentucky was a fluke? Can you maybe say it isn't as tough or it isn't that bad of a football team when they're put up against really good competition? So here's your opportunity, right? In a big rivalry game to play Georgia and a team that is likely going to win the East. So let's jump into the Gators a little bit. Two straight wins. I, I know they're up against South Carolina and I know it's against Vandy, but it still gives you confidence. Uh, Mertz has been good quietly. Not a lot of people talking about what Mertz has done this year is 76% completion percentage, 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions. You told me last year that he'd come down to Florida and get better in this. Uh, at that clip, I would have thought they're winning eight, nine games or you're crazy because it doesn't seem like that was something that I expected, especially with how Florida didn't have the playmakers we saw a year ago. And it just kind of didn't seem like a right thing at the time. Uh, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne are going to have to be the guys for me this week they're gonna have to be able to run the football and can they i'm not sure we're just talking about georgia and how good they are against the run um it's gonna be a task you know it's also gonna be a task is stopping the georgia rush offense because florida got trounced 
bullied, pushed around when they went up to Lexington and played Kentucky. They almost gave up 300 yards on the ground. Like, that can't happen again. And this is a team that can take advantage of it. Not only can they take advantage of it, but then they can exploit you through the air after they've done it a little bit. So can Florida get to that point? Good news on the offensive side of the ball is if we can run the ball a little bit as the Gators, we're not really putting ourselves in a spot where we're worried about a pass rush. We have a good offensive line that's good in pass pro. Georgia hasn't had the defensive pass rush that we've seen in years past. And I think that's a big confidence builder and a big piece of this equation. If we can get the ball out of Mertz's hands and maybe we can um, continue to elevate that passing game, that's kind of seemed like it's been more of the backbone of this offense. And Napier you're, is that running guy, but they've leaned on the pass game and it hasn't been deep balls down the field. It's been intermediate stuff. It quickened out of his hands. Um, again, what comes to light? Like what rises to the top? Does Florida stop the run and commit? And then on the offensive side, commit to it, or does Georgia stop the run and then just blow Florida away on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, it's going to be tough. Florida's got to create havoc in the backfield. Simple as that. You've got to get to, um, you got to get to the quarterback and Beck. You got to make sure he's uncomfortable because he looks like he's getting more and more comfortable, and he hasn't been under too much stress throughout this season. So I think that's your key. You got to get to Beck and make it a little bit of hell. You got to control the line of scrimmage in the ground game, offensive and defensive. And can Mertz? continue his success in the short intermediate passing game. And maybe we can hit one or two over the top randomly. Um, you got to come out. So we're going to just land a big one, um, a big right hook at some point in this game. So that's where I am with the Gators. That's why I kind of wanted to break them down. I believe Parks and Reese, you're first up on your ATS pick for this one, 14 and a half actually. So you're not going to catch me dead betting against a back-to-back national champ. And especially when Graham Mertz, I think this is the kind of the game where you get a Wisconsin style Graham Mertz. I know he's a different player this year and he's more talented and he's been 10 times better across the board. I would say at Florida than he was at Wisconsin, but I think against a defense of this caliber, he's going to revert back to his old ways and yeah, give me the dogs. Reese. Yeah. This reminds me of that Georgia Kentucky game a while ago where people wanted to think something's going to happen. Give me the Mm. dogs. Fair enough. I mean, that's simple enough said. I like that. That's a good point. That just happened too. Schaefer? Georgia Georgia shows up for big games, man. And and I look at the two big road games that Florida had on their schedule this year in Utah and Kentucky, and it went just so far south. And now I know this isn't a road game. It's a neutral side game, but kind of the same difference. Give me the dogs, and I think they're going to cover easy. Man, I want I want to take the Gator so bad plus the number. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not that far back in the standing, so I think this is not the week to kind of take those shots. So I'll go with UGA oh, as well. That's a, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem. Hey, we, hey, we, were, hey, we won Florida last, State week. last we, week. We did good last week, boys. Yeah, we, we did, did. Fine last week. It didn't we look did. good, so but it didn't, look good. it didn't look good, but it worked out well. Hey, let's go to the next one. How about into the Big 12? We jump. Oh, just kidding. Nope, we're the ACC. We can go. We can go do whatever. Go wherever we, we want. Whatever, yeah, we're in we charge. Really want. Show. Your show, ticker. Jordan. <laughs> I got to roll it on the ticker. Oklahoma at Kansas plus 10 are the Jayhawks at home. This one should be exciting. This might be a high flying one. Possibly. I think Parks has Oklahoma. Jake, you have Kansas. Parks, you start us off with Oklahoma. Yeah. So you got to take a look at Oklahoma and kind of what they did last week. I think they scared the shit out of a lot of their fans. Uh, they get in a dog fight at home against a talented but really trying to find their way UCF squad and my question lies when I took a look at this is is can you classify that game as a hangover because you had a bye week after the Red River rivalry 
come on, that was pretty good for how fast I said it. Wibble, uh, wibble, wee. Yep. You had a you had a buy after that, but then you run into that UCF team in kind of a weird spot. So can you be hungover? Can that be a thing, or would you have covered by then? I think Parks, that's like a that's like a New Year's Eve yep. uh kind of kind of hangover. That takes you an entire week. Like the boys yeah. are all back together. You just went way too hard. It was just a blast. You see each other twice a year. You got to go so hard. And then, <laughs> and I then, think, uh, I mean, the lungs could take weeks How many cigars recover. did the boys smoke? How many cigars? <laughs> Their lungs are full. They that's, couldn't run, man. That's what happened in, in the Red River rivalry. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, first point I want to make out I got a little betting trend, old Reese Snyder style. I mean, this is vintage Reese. He would have come out with this stat. Kansas has failed to cover 12 of the last 13 as an underdog against AP ranked teams. Come on. That is a, a poll stat. stat from the IC. Approves. That means it's a great one. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I, I like Oklahoma one. in this spot. I think Oklahoma's yeah. defense has been splendid. I think last week was a fluke. I'm going to, I'm going to classify it as a hangover in my book. I uh, just as a general spectator, of college don't football, knock my nights too much. I know. I know. JP is a little Eight's a lot. Eight's a lot for that team. But uh, Danny Stutzman, you got to you gotta highlight him, right? He's probably going to win Big 12 Player of the Year. Or he should be in that conversation if he's not in your head at least. 70 total tackles on the year. 70. Let that settle in. That's almost 10 tackles a game, which is much better rate than most of the college football players out there. Two sacks, one forced fumble, one interception, and a touchdown already. So look for that name to be all over the board this week. However, the total is at 65 for good reason. Oklahoma has a seventh-ranked offense in college football, and Kansas has a lot of weapons. I think Jalen Daniels, if I read right, Schaefer, game-time decision, correct? Yeah, so uh, Leipold says he's optimistic about his return, but that's for the whole season. He says he's more like a doubtful-slash-game-time decision for Saturday. I'm going to side on that he's not playing. That's that's my case. He wouldn't have said he's optimistic um, if he thought, like, he was playing on Saturday. I think he is like legitimately thinking he'll come back maybe for that Iowa State game in next week. Yeah, probably. That'll be perfect for you. That's how it works out for Nebraska fans, too. They bounce back right before and then they smoke us. But uh, looking at Oklahoma's passing game, they throw for 328 passing yards a game. That's that's a substantial amount. I mean, it's an, it's the second-ranked offense in the Big 12 behind UCF, who they just got into a dogfight with. And Kansas doesn't defend the pass very well. They're ranked eighth in the Big 12 at defending the, the pass. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the separation between these two teams. I think Oklahoma leading the series uh, and going out with the bang is where I see this going. They lead this series 80-26-6 and six all time. I mean, that is a pure dominance. But this is a good Kansas team, and I believe in Jason Bean, so it could be a good one for a while. I think Oklahoma stretches it away at the end and, and takes advantage. I think Oklahoma wide receivers have a big day. I want to mark this down for you right now. Andrell Anthony to score. If you can get that bet somewhere in some God known, take it, take it. I think they're going to have a big day. What? Oh no. Is he out? You're smiling. Like he's out, out for the year. <laughs> no he way. Blew his, he blew his knee out. I Texas game. <laughs> they, had him listed as the, they had him listed as like the, one of the markers on on three. So hey, don't look uh, at me. Hey, hey look, that's, that's fine. Hey, he only happens to the best of us. We could. I, I'm not using on three as a resource. Those fucking guys. Hey, just just come to just come to <laughs> me right, for your stories, man. Farouk? Yeah. No, Farouk's playing. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll, suck I'll, it. He's gonna take your team. <laughs> fucking fifty. So. I'll get suck it, dude. I'll get into that. Uh, Parks, you made good points because I, while I have Kansas here, I just don't know how much I can defend this football team. Like I said before, I think you didn't say they weren't get a bowl eligible this year. 
You did say that. We'll get to that later. I think <laughs> Bean will take it under center. <laughs> I'll get to that later. I think Bean's going to take under center on Saturday. Um, I think he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in college football, but I think there's just a lot going on around him and specifically on the other side of the ball for him that's going to put him up for a, ta- a challenging task here. The good news is, is they've been averaging 7.9 yards in their last two games. Like 7.9 yards per play is going to be pretty successful for football, except they still found a way to lose in Stillwater uh, two weeks before their bye last week. Being through for 410 uh, in Oklahoma State, but just really poor. It was mainly in the first half. He was bad in the second half, had bad throws, um, some costly picks, and and it ended up ultimately costing them the game. I thought that offensive line really struggled against uh, Oklahoma's D-line. So he's going to be really up for the task if they want to go through the air. When I look at the Kansas defense, man, the secondary is the highlight of that defense. What can Kobe Bryant and company do to try and slow down this passing game? Because even with Andrell Anthony out, that's going to help Kansas a little bit. But you still have Farouk. You still have Anderson. You still have Drake Stoops. And they've got great tight ends at, at Oklahoma as well. So... They're going to be really up for the task uh, against that passing game offense. Like if you're going to win the want to win this football game at home, you have to slow it down and you got to rely on your running backs, Daniel Highshaw and Devin Neal. Like they rushed for over 300 yards against UCF and they blew them out. You're going to, you don't need 300 yards to win against Oklahoma, but man, you, you probably need 185 to 200 and they, those two combined for 100 yards against Oklahoma State. You got 410 passing yards from Jason Bean, but when those two only combined for 100 yards together, like like it happened a couple of weeks ago, you're still going to find a way to win a football game or lose a football game because that's your bread and butter. I don't think this defense is very good. Maybe the secondary can just make miraculous plays and, and pick off Gabriel a couple times, but I think they learned their lesson, like you said, Parks, at home last week. But that's going to be kind of the recipe for for Kansas to really pull off this win at home. But we've seen crazier things happen. What was that? Caleb Williams, when he was a freshman, they should have lost that game, and it was tight to the end. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams like literally took the we've ball seen, out of running back's hands <laughs> to get a first down. Yeah, we've seen Pitt beat Louisville. We've seen Virginia beat North Carolina. We've seen crazier things in Kansas, uh, which is better than both those teams that got wins. Win at home, right? Hey, that's tough, Reese. I'm sorry. I don't know. (laughs) Reese, you can go first, though. You can pick your ATS game or pick right here. You're the lead, Uh, by the way, on the graphic. Yeah, big four in one weekend. Thank God. Uh, Sooners all the way. I'm going OU as well. Oh, God. Yeah, it's got to be unanimous (laughs) here. We'll have to say it for everybody. Marks, you're not taking Kansas, are you? No, no, no. I got Oklahoma minus the 10. This is they're Kansas looking for the first time. It, it would be their first time beating Oklahoma since 1997. Give me, give me Boomer. Uh, OU minus the 10 might make it into the uh, 11 a.m. Make a hundred before two thirty kick parlay that should have hit last week. I, I hedged oh. out of it and guaranteed money, but we need to start sharing these things. I would like to make a hundred before. Okay, well, I, I'll send it to you. It's the 11 a.m. special. I call it. Didn't hit. You made money last weekend. Yeah, but I that means my, it's I do. I need to start paying my board. Penn State, Penn State was the only thing that didn't hit, and I was able to get live Ohio State uh, minus four and a half. Hedge out of it, guarantee myself a profit. So it all worked out, Schaefer. Don't you worry, dude. Don't you worry at all. Hey, ride. I didn't have this ticker ready. 
but I just made it as you guys were talking. So perfect. Let's roll into the little ACC action. The Duke Blue Devils will travel to Louisville to play the Cardinals, who are a four-point favorite on ESPN at 2.30. This one right here is me and Reese. Reese, would you like to go first with the road team? Sure, I'll go first, man. Can we clarify? Um, uh, can we clarify if it's Louisville or Louisville? I, I Louisville. say Louisville. I say there's actually like, it's, like, it's like you're choking on it. It's Louisville. I say Louisville. 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 Like Louisville. All right. All right. I think when on. I was younger, I said Louisville. Either way. All right. That's enough. Um, Go ahead. From what I've seen, uh, Leonard is still day to day. I don't know how much Elko is optimistic he's gonna play. Uh, um, but I think he's everything for this team. I mean, the spread. I, if if he does play, jump on it. Um, but because I mean that in that Florida State game, they were up at halftime, but then unfortunately injuries happen, and halfway through the third, he had to come out. Um, because their strength is also their running game, though. So if he's if he is out, um, that they're going to rely on that a lot. They're averaging 20 yards a game on the ground, and they have 18 touchdowns on the ground compared to only six for the air. So a big thing I think for this team to establish um, at the beginning of this game is getting positive yards on first and second down uh, with Waters and more. Because if they're going to get in third and long with, I believe their backup's name is Bellin or Belin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, if he's going to get in third and long um, throughout the entirety of the game, um, it's going to be a long day for him. I just don't know if he's going to have much success um, because just hasn't really had the experience yet. I mean, when you're playing behind Ryan Leonard, that guy's going to get a lot of the snaps because he's that damn good. So what are they going to be able to do to establish dominance on the ground um, early on first and second downs? Um, and then defensively, uh, I mean, Trey Freeman, if you don't know that name yet, linebacker, he's a stud, 56 tackles. And then up uh, front on the line, they're very, very physical. They're only allowing 136 rush yards a game and just two touchdowns um, per game allowed, 14 points. So um, what are they going to do to get Louisville off their game plan, uh, not let them get comfortable, let Plummer get to his, his first reads, make him go to his second, his third. And Plummer's also a guy who's probably turning the ball over. He's got, he's got eight turnovers already, and they have 285 yards a game through the air. So they like to pass it a lot. So I think they're still going to go to that. So what can they do to make him uncomfortable and make inadvertent throws, ill-advised throws, um, and just force some more turnovers? Because if Leonard's not going to be there, they got to get that. They got to get that ball as much as they can and just do what they can to eat that clock. So I, I think that's a good point that you just ended on because I wrote down as my first point right here: Jack Plummer, take care of the football, right? Um, in two games against the best defenses that he's played, Notre Dame and NC State, he's two touchdowns, two interceptions in his numbers. Um, and then his last game at Pitt wasn't too great. He had two interceptions in that one. He's 13 and eight with his split 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, it hasn't been a bad year for him, but when he's been rough, it's, you know, it's been tough for them to keep onto the football. I think where you see this Louisville team, you're probably thinking explosiveness, uh, a good offense that high flying and they are, they're 21st in the country of with 42 plays of 20 plus. Here's the bad news, though, is that you play another really good defense in Duke that ranks 12th with only 20 plays of 20 plus given up throughout the year. I think that's something to pay attention to. Duke will try to uh, eliminate the explosive plays. Louisville ranks in the top 20 of yards per game on offense at 17 per yards per completion, 37th in yards per rush. So they are balanced in the fact, maybe not in as amount of plays that they're calling on each, uh, whether it's run or pass, but and their ability to hit it for a positive gain and really move the chains and keep it moving. Um, Brahm has kind of found his weapons in different spots. Plumber can get the ball to Jamari Thrash on the outside, who has 39 receptions. Next closest receiver has 16. So he's the main guy that they're going to get the football to. And for good reason. The guy's, guy's baller. Guy's a stud, right? Good. Um, Jawar Jordan is a 
the feature guy in the running back room with over 600 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns and 7.4 yards per carry. Now, how do you get to 7.4 yards per carry? How do you get Jamari Thrash to football? You block in the interior because Duke has a good front, but Louisville's offensive line has been really good as well. So I think that's something we need to outline. I bet you didn't know that Louisville had a good defense though. I bet you didn't know that they were causing havoc on a weekly basis. If you remember when Notre Dame went down uh, to Louisville Thanks and played them, hey, I, I bet most people did realize that. I bet like, people didn't know that. That's what I'm saying. I bet you didn't know that. Um, they're ranking third or 19th and with 3.1 yards per rush given up. That's it. That's a low number. You're not the run game hasn't been too great at 25th and yards per game given up. They're going to cause havoc. I think that's their plan. They did it to Hartman when Notre Dame came to town. Their plan is to make um, an inexperienced Duke quarterback really feel it. They're going to try to run the football. Duke can run the football. That's what's good. They're good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Can you stop the run if you're Louisville? Can you keep the ball uh, in your offense's hand? And can you get it to playmakers? I think that's everything it comes down to. I wrote down a ton of notes. I think I over <laughs> overstimulated myself with all the notes I wrote down here. But I got to all the points I really wanted to touch on. I think it's Jamari Thrash. It's Jawar Jordan. And keep control of the football. And make sure you stop the run on the defensive side of the football for the cards. Parks and Schaefer, you guys did not have a side in this one uh, for breakdown. But Schaefer, let's go to you. Your pick ATS. The number is four. I think we have scrolling across the screen here. Yeah. I, how did Louisville lose to Pitt? Like they had three drives of 50 yards or more, and then they resulted in turnovers. Like you got to take care of the football, but I don't think you have an easy task this week against a really good Duke defense. So I'm going to take Duke here. At this spot, I, I think just to mix up the crowd, I don't know where you guys are siding, but I feel like you'd more so side with the home team. So I'm going to mix it up and go with Duke and they're relying on their defense. Yeah, put me on the the blue devil train as well. I, I think that that defense is too much. I, I know Riley Leonard's in and out injury wise and and God knows. Um, but give me Duke. I, I think that they get it done. It's a talented team, man. Yes, JP. No, I was just throwing my L in the Louisville. Oh yeah, he's throwing the L up. Okay, in my face. Good. We'll split this decision <laughs> then, because uh, give me, give me Duke. I, I like them in this spot. I think that's a talented team. People need to put more respect on their name, and I can see a three point loss. I'll take the point. Thank you, Vegas. Reese. It's a heart pick for me. I, I want. I'd rather okay. see this team win. I'd rather see. I'd rather see Duke do something here. I think they'd be a lot more interesting, a lot more fun to watch versus Louisville. I don't care about Louisville. I think Duke be a lot more fun. Give me the Blue Devils. Go ahead, JP. Make it, give it to us, baby. Give it to me. I'll take the I'll take the cards. Actually, was going to do it whether you guys wanted to it or not. I was going to um, say, dude, if you pick yeah. Duke, we'd have three three of us three yeah. games. No, I, four I want a Louisville anyway. I think I I I'm just I thought I was going to be alone in picking Duke. I thought I was going to no, be alone I, in picking Duke. Can I, I like, change? Duke I all like the spot. Duke all the way. No, you can't. Wait, can he no, change? Can't the ruling? change. Ruling. No, absolutely no. not. No, you can't change. Why would that change anything? Be a man, man up, stick to your guns. Hey, let's get to our last game to break down here today. We'll do this one a little bit quicker because we went a little longer on our debates and stuff. How about Oregon State finding themselves in a tough spot, traveling down to Tucson to play the Arizona Wildcats, who are three and a half point dogs. ESPN, 930 Central Time when we're sitting at the bar, Schaefer, having a couple Ooh. brewskis. Guess who's on the TV, baby? Know, Let's go. Buddy. Hey, this You're getting me excited now. This is this is going to be epic. Parks, you got the Oregon State Beavers. We've done the road team first most of the day. Start it off. Yeah, I'll be quicker with this one. Um, but take a look at this Oregon State team. You have both teams coming off a bye in a weird spot. But I think this line at three and a half 
is only here because Vegas is tired of getting beat on Arizona money. Because this is a team that didn't have high hopes coming into the year, and they're they've playing. really shown just fight in every game that they've played. I mean, they get they take it to overtime at, on the road at Mississippi State in week two. Uh, I think an interesting storyline to follow with this Arizona team will be who starts at quarterback, and maybe Shaper will have an answer for us there. Um, but they're a talented team, man. It's 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 a big spot on the road. I'm hoping coming off of a bye, Oregon State really responds and, and realizes this Arizona team is not to be messed with. I think Martinez having a big game on the ground is going to be vital for them because I don't think DJU can, is the type of quarterback that we never saw it at Clemson, but I don't think DJU is the type of quarterback that can truly just take over a game in the air. So they still got to keep their balance attack, let their defense be their defense. They're coming off of a nice win against UCLA two weeks ago. They got to keep it rolling. I wouldn't say Arizona's a tough place to play. So I, I, I think Oregon State wins this football game, but I'll, uh, maybe it's not my line pick, but I think they get it done. It's a good spot for them. I, I I hear what you're saying, and that would be my worry if you are um, taking the Arizona Wildcats for whatever reason. Um, it would be that Oregon State has seen that issue from other Pac-12 teams and teams around the country and like sees this spot coming, right? Um, for me, Arizona, is there anybody more confident in the country right now than this Arizona group? And, and I know that I they've only so. won. Yeah, like they've got a battle with USC. They got in a battle with Washington. They went up to Wazoo and beat the piss out of Cam Ward uh, and the Cougs. They are confident. And I think when you look at this team, another team that I bet you didn't know that they played defense because they've been better on defensive side of the football. They've been really good. Um, averaging just shy of three sacks a game, 19 total on the season. I mean, that's creating havoc. My word right now for the day is havoc uh, in the backfield. And the problem is, on the opposite side of those sacks, they've given up a ton of explosive plays in Oregon state, as we've seen for a couple big games. We saw it uh, when they played Wazoo. We saw it when they played Cal and other teams, they were lighting up the scoreboard and continually having big plays through the air from DJU. Uh, and the run game has been good too. Noah Fafita though has settled in and gotten more confident throughout the weeks. How about around 6.6 .6 yards per play and a high completion percentage? They're steady, man. They they can run the football. They can hit you deep through the pass. I think this is a scary spot for the Beavs, man. It is. This, this is a team that's confident. And like you said, it's like a not crazy tough place to play. This place isn't going to be like booming with noise like Rice Eccles or like Husky Stadium has been or like the shoe was last weekend. But it's still a, a team on the road in a place that's going to be full. That's a fan base kind of get more and more behind a program. So, um it's going to be tough. I think this, this is, is a be very historically Oregon state spot to lose, to I lose 100% that. And I'm happy you covered that and then said that because this is exactly where they would lose. This is where a PAC 12 team with still chances to win the conference loses. This is yep. it right here. And I think that number reflects it. As you said, Reese and Schaefer, you're up on this one. Three and a half is the number. Fish came out and said that, um, you know, if, if everyone's healthy, you know, we'll see what's going on. But, man, am, are we watching the same game here? Like, I get he has to, you know, Delora was their guy, and maybe it's a respect thing. But, like, how do you play him over Fafita, even if he's healthy right now? Since Fafita's uh, taken over, the they you don't. it's a two-point loss to, to USC. It's a seven-point loss to Washington. And then you go on the road and beat Wazoo 44-6? to Like, Delora turned the ball over four times against Mississippi State. I think he's probably doing his due diligence and like trying not to get their drama stirred in the locker room. So I expect Fafita to be playing. 
Gronk's in town for homecoming. Uh, I think while the matchup is not great for Arizona, I'm I've taken too many road teams today. Um, with my picks, I'm not doing it with this short of a a line. Give me Arizona at home to cover and Noah Fafita to be playing. Oh, shit, that's a big pick. Do you think they're gonna win? Ooh, three. I mean, three and a half line. It's got to be yeah, damn I mean, close ooh, to a win. Might, right? might as might as well. Might as well. <laughs> We're here. Ooh, might might as well. Schaefer just mentioned that he can't take a bunch of road teams. I just realized I've taken all road teams. This might be an ugly week for me, but I. I don't know. I think it's a spot too where everybody's high on this Arizona team and this Oregon State team is going to come in and get it handled. So give me the Beavers. I like that. Perks, you want to go there? Yeah, I'm going to take the Beavs. I, I like the Beavs in, the, in this spot. Perfect. I think that this is where they historically go away from what they've been. This is their next step because I think this is the more, more talented team that they've had or the most talented team they've had in a long time. Coming off a of bye week, I, I'm praying that they're ready to go. And maybe that quarterback decision goes the wrong way and they let Delora play and Oregon State rolls to a win here. But too much defensive power, I think they force turnovers. If somehow Delora comes out, and maybe he does just because he was the guy and they give him a really short leash, I feel terrible about this pick if I see that guy trotting out in the field in the first possession. Well, don't you think that they'll stay to the same standard everybody else where you like can't lose your starting job unless like to an injury? Yeah. Uh. Man, I don't think it's popular in some programs. They're a completely different football team. Like, if Noah Fafita is – they are winning in Starkville. They're beating Mississippi State. Like, they're a completely different football team if that guy's playing for them. I truly believe that. I That's a good point. I would agree. Bear down. Wow. Give me Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let – let Fafita do his thing, man. Cause havoc and make DJU go back to his old self with too much pressure around him and just embrace the environment. I think they get a real chance to win that football game. So we'll go with the Wildcats. Let's jump into the under-the-radar games of the week. Hey, we, we've we broke down a lot. We got into some good debates. How about we outline for some of these people what good games that they need to watch that maybe is not on their radar? Parks, you start us off. Well, you got to take a look. Across the board, because this isn't a loaded week. I know you have said in your Iowa review that this was a good week of college football across the slate. Is it? I just think maybe I'm too hyped up on week eight, but if I'm going under the radar, I'm going to go deep, deep under the radar. Give me Cincinnati at Oklahoma State solely because I want to see if Oklahoma State is like a team that can continue winning. Because this is a team that, I mean, it's disgusting, right? It's a team to keep your, it's a team to watch if you haven't recently. I know, but I like Oklahoma State, they, they're exceeding expectations. I want to see if they can keep it rolling. Uh, maybe Boone Pickens is electric because this team's in the in the race. I mean, maybe not to win it, but they're in a, a race that they didn't expect to find themselves in after week two. Reese, how about you? Um, I went with Ohio State traveling to Whiskey. Um, it's just a spot where you're not sure really what this Wisconsin team is a whole lot yet. Yeah, you lose your quarterback, but it's also going to be you know, what has Ficker really done with this program? Has he got it prepared to handle an Ohio State team his first year there? And, I mean, it's tough to say to JP, but, I mean, this could be a potential Big Ten championship matchup as well. I mean, I just don't know yet. Um, but it's also an Ohio State spot where they can't just go can't – have, can't have it be a letdown spot. The spread is what it is. But it's also a spot where you just came off um, a, a very big win at home. 
So how can you not go to whiskey and just not let your team play down to their level? How can you keep them up? And I don't think Randy will have a problem with that. So Parks or not Parks, Schaefer. My goodness. Let me go again. Bumbo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got Tennessee at Kentucky um, for a couple of reasons. For some of our TikTok haters, they're, they're in a good spot because I know we have a lot of Tennessee fans in the comments that had me just thinking I was the dumbest guy Nobody in the world. Nobody hates their team more Kentucky than the one back, who makes content about them. <laughs> back, back in August. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I don't love the situation I'm in, but right now uh, everyone I feel like is kind of crowned Missouri and Tennessee as the second best team in the East. Kentucky, man, like where you been? Like it's time to respond. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how Stoops and company responds to that. Uh, I think they're going to get what they get out of Devin Leary. So can Ray Davis – have a huge game. Both of these teams are going to kind of smash each other in the mouth and they're going to rely on their running backs to have big days. So we'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be a great game. I'll get uh, Wyoming at Boise state. Uh, this is top of the mountain West type game. Boise state's already got a couple losses, but they can still win the mountain West. I think that's the point they need to pay attention to their losses to a UCF uh, Washington. And then, just one Mountain West loss. So I think there's a real chance for this Boise State team, and I think they know that playing at home this week. Let's go in to the group of five game of the week here. When you look at this group of the five group of five game, it features somebody a little bit new to the scene, uh, winning football games finally. How about UNLV, man? UNLV is starting to win games under Barry Odom. Good for that program. They're playing in a beautiful new stadium in downtown Las Vegas. Here's the problem is you got one of the Mountain West's mainstays that you're going to have to travel to in Fresno State. Uh, one of the two unbeatens in this uh, conference is UNLV, and Fresno State will decide pretty much if they go to the Mountain West title game. They get UNLV here, and then they get Boise State later in the year, who also has one loss. So pay attention to this one. The Mountain West is a good football conference, man. I think there's plenty of good teams within it, and they still have a shot to maybe get that group of five New Year's Six bid. I don't think it's that out of the question, depending on what happens with Air Force or Wyoming or Fresno State even. like, There's still chances here uh, for that to be the thing. Let's jump into the betting segment side of things now. The dog's dog. How about a couple winners last week from the fellas? How about that? You're welcome. You're welcome. Good job, guys. Super oh, proud of you. you. Hey, new standings. Parks and Schaefer now tied at nine. Mm-hmm. I'm at seven. Reese is at four. I got back on the board, Reese. You oh, got to get back on the board this week, man. I had no idea. Still I was got like a couple weeks, but you got to get back on the board. Yeah, that's rough. So <laughs> the winners or the leaders get to go first here. Jake, since you went first last week with nine, you can go first again this week. And then Parks, then me, then Reese. Well, if everybody's been waiting around for my pick, you're finally getting it here and you know where I'm going. Give me Utah plus seven at home. Whoa. Um, where are you seeing seven? Buddy, yeah, Buddy's taking seven. I thought about that earlier. That's why I kind of <laughs> gave a glance. I was I like, took, damn. You want to see my DraftKings account? I took it a couple okay, days ago. Okay, but are we giving him that or are we giving him today? Give it's, me what I took, it's, damn it's it. Debate. It's a debate. Uh, I, I'm pretty give sure me we where my money's at. Plus seven is a whole uh, different story. We, story yo, okay. Big time. That's a big difference. Didn't Reese have this same We always problem? do it. We always we always did it. We always did it the day of the podcast. As we Sorry, I'm but, smart but enough Reese to get on it early. Reese had this it's not my, no, it's no, not I, my fault. Reese had this I'm, problem. I had, had a better number. I, I t- yeah, I took Oregon plus three and a half. I took it in the on the the it was the day of the game. I took it at three and a half. But when we recorded the podcast, it was two and a half. 
so I didn't get a Whoa, win. Well, that's different. That's different. The line, the number moved up. Mine's moved down. I got on it before. He waited all the way to the end. I was jumping ahead. But of I wouldn't it. get. You got to reward. You have to reward. But it was that. No, nah, you what get we took the day of the podcast. You get six and a half. It's got to be six. The day we gotta, it has to be. We got to give you six and a half. It's the day of man. It doesn't matter. They're gonna win the fucking game anyways. <laughs> give me the. Give me the Utes. <laughs> they lose you guys. seven. <laughs> what are you arguing for? If you think they're gonna win? <laughs> give me them at home. I'm done betting against this football team. I'm done betting against Kyle Whittingham. They're they're basically going into the Coliseum, the Roman Coliseum. That's how dangerous this is. Oh, Sorry, Bo Nix, you're in trouble. What? Nichols, baby. Where did you get Roman Coliseum out of Utah Utes? Like Rice Eccles. When Stadium. there's like, literally it's, it's that dangerous of oh, an environment. <laughs> okay. I get what you're saying. It went over JP's head. Yeah, it's it's fine. A lot of things going over this guy's head tonight. Apparently, I can't <laughs> no, get a half like. half a point. It's fine. <laughs> no, Just I'm give me the, the money line, books, damn it! Give me the money deal. line. You wouldn't take yes. the spread if you did bet the money line, you bum. Next, I got nothing. Yeah. You're you're yeah, next. Turn. Just gave you my winner. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. I thought you were gonna segue me. Jesus. All right. <laughs> now let me take you all the way across the board. I'm gonna take you to the University of Georgia Southern, where Georgia State, the team I won with last week, who rolled in Louisiana Lafayette, or Louisiana, as like they call themselves now, and took a win on the road, is still winning football games and put some respect on this team name. Why the hell are they an underdog? Give me Georgia State plus the one and a half on the road at Georgia Southern. I think Georgia State's going to throw the ball all over the place against this team. I think they're going to cover the one and a half easily. They're going to outright win this game, take the money line, give me the Panthers. Boom. I mean, I thought about that one. I did. I did think about that one. I actually thought about two more, uh, but I'm going to take Wyoming plus five and a half. I've done not that's betting good. on this. That's a good pick, too. You, I'm all going to do those it. Those guys, I'll fight, take Wyoming man. plus the five and a half at Boise State, a gritty bunch of guys. I, I took Parks' idea from the three things that they need to do to win control the clock at the run game because that's what Boise State does. They're terrible against the pass. Limit Boise State's explosive plays, and we've got to lock down in the fourth quarter. Utah or Wyoming, sorry, ranks 124th in scoring defense in the fourth quarter, giving up about 10 to quarter. Can't happen. Won't happen this time. Five and a half. Book it. Go Pokes. Reese. It's going to be Thursday night, and you're like, I should watch NFL football. Wrong. You should Wrong. flip it on, and you should watch Syracuse going to Virginia. Andrew Sandman's going to yeah. fire you up, but guess what? Virginia Garrett Schrader and Dino Babers in country. And what? You what? said going to Virginia, and I added Tech. I said just Tech. tech. Oh, I didn't say well, Tech. Oh, no, my, bad, my, bad. The state. my bad. I thought about this picture yeah. in the race. It's a good one. Yeah, Jacob. But, yeah. Just give me, me out, man. The, give me the orange. The spread is at spreads at three, so it's just telling you the home team's going to be favored here to flip up a coin. So, give me Garrett Trader and company going into Blacksburg and making a state. Reese. You got to stop with these road teams this week, man. You are fighting me a dangerous too. battle. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm on a bunch of road teams. Hey, I love it. Sometimes, sometimes you got to, you never know. Let's it. jump into our best bet of the week. By the way, I hope you tailed the principal play last week. I did service Academy under. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. How I, you, Iowa under Iowa under parlay. Not, we're not talking about Navy <laughs> and air force. <laughs> None of that should be a serviceable. <laughs> that, that, that's a principal play now. Play. Nope. No, it's not. no, stop. Leave me alone. Damn it. <laughs> 
Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll go first here. I'll Shout go first here. This is, this is disgusting. Get, get your playing barf bags ready and cover up all your masks. Auburn minus six and a half against Mississippi State. This is disgusting. Oh. But golly, oh. Mississippi State's bad. And I think Auburn is dying for a win right now. They come back home after playing at AM, Georgia, at LSU, then Ole Miss. They've been in all these football games. They're dying for a win. They're going to be able to run the football. They're going to stop the run on the defensive side. They just need one really bad. And you don't know if Will Rogers is playing yet. They just need one really bad. I'm going because the hungry hungry dog runs faster here, even though it's a tiger. All That's uh, that is a definite. Don't turn it on. Just check your phone later if it hit play. But it's disgusting. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't even make the fourth TV depending on what time. It no, is. you can watch it. No, 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 no. Let me go, man. Parks, yeah. parks, man. Hey, parks, Let me go. Man. I'm going to take the other say, side, Jake. Me and Jake are going head to head this week. Give me Oregon minus the six oh. and a half. At Utah, I think the Ducks get it done, man. That's too talented of a team. Bo Nix on the road. It's like his 18th year in college, dude. You think he gives a shit about the kids in Utah? Give me Oregon just to piss pound this Utah team. Hey, that kid is like you. Defense. be showing up with milk. Test Rice-Eckle Stadium, and it, and it bites back at you. You you just got – when do you guys ever learn? Oregon's – I mean, Bo Nix ain't going to need the bed push for him. I'll tell you that much. He's going to take care of business. <laughs> Soaking coming from the ducks. Give me the ducks, baby. <laughs> All right, ahead, man. Let's take uh, a team that's covered for me, I believe, in a dog's dog this year already. I'm going to take the Pokes. Give me Oklahoma State minus seven and a half at home. Wow, that may number. seem like a. I'll give you seven if you can number. get it. Oh, I already took it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Does every bet you put in go in on Sunday or something? How do you have everything already? He's a sharp. He's sharp, bro. Kip said, "Fuck the line moving." I loved it already. I loved it already, or I loved it on Sunday. I guarantee it'll be up to eight, eight and a half by kickoff. That was my reasoning. Okay, let me get into it. This is a football team that is red hot. In particular, they have one of the best players in college football right now, and Ali Gordon. The guy rushed for two hundred and eighty yards last week. Let me repeat that. He rushed for 280 yards. I think he's going to have a field day. I'm not, not sure if he's going to get to 280, but I think he's got a chance to get to 200 on this Cincinnati front. I think it's a solid defensive front, but, man, I think the, the sales have came out of the ship of Cincinnati. This is a team that's kind of defeated, um, and I'd be defeated too if I, ever, if I had Emory Jones playing quarterback for me. Guy had like 162 yards last week. He was like 13 to 28. Um, they – Baylor shouldn't have even let them back in the game, but they did. I think Oklahoma State can jump on them early at home, getting up 20 or so, and just keep keep it on them. Keep the, the foot on the throat, put this team away. And uh, I don't even think – this is one of my favorite plays in a while, to be honest with you. So I'll let it come okay. back and bite me in the ass, but we'll see. Second team all district, you're up. Yeah, I'm feeling like like you guys with with this pick. I'm not gonna lie. Um, give me the wave minus ten and a half. Um, going to Rice. Um, I just think it's a spot where they they had. I mean, they won last week. They won, but they gave up twenty eight to a North Texas team that's not very good. Um, that spread was at three scores. Uh, so just give me give me this two lane team in a spot where they can get back to what they need to do. Um, because there's still a very real chance for them in that New Year's Six Bowl at the end of the year. So, uh, give me the wave here. Shaver, can I be honest with you? I thought you were gonna go West Virginia. Dog's dog. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, it's a wait and see for me. Maybe, maybe rise Plumley was the answer. Um, yeah, for he is him the coming answer. back. Maybe he's he the answer for them turning it around, but it's a wait and see. I did. I did lean West Virginia though. Okay, perfect. Hey, Really good episode. I really enjoyed the debate stuff, but I thought we covered a lot of good games on a weekend that's maybe not as loaded as we've seen uh, in the past. Super pumped to be a part of it. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We're going to try and live stream this one of the days for a recap or preview for the week. So pay attention to all our socials. We'll uh, put that on there. YouTube, Instagram, X, not Twitter. I can always say Twitter, X, and then TikTok as well. So check all our socials. We're posting it on our personals as well. Be sure to follow. We're going to have a ton of fun with this stuff, man. And I think the live stream, we're using the new platform. I think it'll go really well for us. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for liking, subscribing, all that stuff. It's going to be a great week at college football. Parks, take us away. Play it. I know what you say. I could have treated you better or whatever, but I don't know. I think I did all right. You know what I'm saying? And you know how you get drawing conclusions like you got a Parsons degree or something. I could have treated you better. That's crazy.